0: Your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in, everybody, to a victory post-game edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. I am Gino Camilleri, your host, as my co-host Lou DiBiase is living it up right now in Charlotte, North Carolina, where he got to witness one of the better comebacks I've seen as a Philadelphia Eagles fan, where the Eagles at one point had a 91.4 percent chance of losing this game, came back to win 21 to 18. And I thank you for making the Lockdown Eagles podcast your first listen of every day and the first listen after every post game victory or loss. But today we get to settle on the side of a W. Football isn't pretty. I just want to start there, from start to finish. This game was an absolute blunder. It was a roller coaster. Pick your favorite one, multiply that times 10. That's exactly what this game was. If you look at the win probability chart, you will see like this, all game, all game until the Eagles finally put it together when it mattered in the fourth quarter with less than four minutes to go. You need a game-winning drive from your quarterback who hasn't put it together Prior to that, he throws a great bomb to Quez Watkins. They get close to the end zone, and all of the troubles that they have had in the red zone finally went away when they figured out how to attack a quick defense that is upfield, that has guys that are willing to get after the quarterback, where they did sack Jalen Hurts multiple times in this game. They picked off Jalen Hurts a few times in this game. Jalen Hurts for almost three quarters wasn't even over a 100 yards passing until it mattered. And we'll get there. Just like a great story, you have to go through the ups and downs to get to that finish. What was a victory for the Philadelphia Eagles today? So starting at the beginning of this game, the offense, they get the ball right away. An absolute mess of what they're doing. For most of the game, they couldn't get it going. They couldn't convert on third downs. They, it, it seemed everything was difficult to them. Every player was making one or two mistakes that really cost them, starting with your quarterback. Devontae Smith had a big fumble in that game. Miles Sanders made some decisions toward the end of the game that really could have came back to bite them. Jordan Maialato wasn't as strong as he was at left tackle, coming back and playing right tackle. But all those things that haunted them the last couple weeks in terms of penalties, in terms of losing the turnover battle, in terms of not getting together on defense, really came to a head today. As you're going through this game, you see Carolina start to figure it out real quick. They were moving it on offense. The Eagles were not. Their defense was setting them up with good field position time and time again, where it seemed like Aaron Sipos, who didn't earn his money last week, where he never even came onto the field, was out there, seemed every time the Eagles had had the football today. And I'm pretty sure he finished with six punts. Yes, he finished with six punts today, averaged 46 yards. That is a very good percentage from Aaron Sipos, who, who allowed them to stay in the game with some good field position matchups. But for the most part, early on, The defense was getting thrown over. They were getting run all over, and it really came to fruition in the end zone when on that score to Tommy Tremble, you're looking around and saying, how is this guy so wide open? And then you see the replay, and it's just one of those things that, in the hits principle, you want to play smart football, you have to have a good football IQ. Steven Nelson, who was downright poor for most of the game today, was responsible for that first touchdown to Tommy Tremble when Anthony Harris saw him motion out where he would now become the most outside receiver, he said to Steven Nelson, stay on the most outside receiver, Receiver, excuse me, we're going to banjo this coverage where we don't switch guys. And in the end, Anthony Harris played his assignment well, but Steven Nelson missed his assignment completely. And it seemed like that was, Overall, the kind of way that the day was going where guys were just missing assignments, there were times where Alex Singleton was, even though he finished with double-digit tackles today, was downright costing them yards. He had that silly hit late on the, on the runner where he was clearly going down. They bottled it up well. And then they just couldn't seal things up on the edge. Sam Darnold was able to escape. It seemed like the defensive ends were just doing those interior spins, which never was allowing them to set the edge. And things really got awry quickly for the Eagles. And we thought, how quickly can this thing snowball? And somebody had tweeted out that the first game Andy Reid played against Carolina, they lost 33-7, to where it got really out of hand really quickly. And it seemed like that could have been the theme today. So as the game went on, Carolina continued to move the ball, but the Eagles were doing this thing that they didn't do one time last week. They were able to stop an offense from converting on third down. They were able to get off the field. They had guys creating pressure. They had three interceptions. Let that sink in. Three interceptions, all by cornerbacks. It's been quite some time since that happened, but hats off to Darius Slay on the outside, a guy who I don't think has gotten enough credit in this season Today, just had a baby, goes out there playing for his kid, playing for his wife. They're sitting at home watching. Guy has two interceptions on the day. Number two goes for two, gets two interceptions on the day, both game-changing type plays. The one set them up right inside the red zone. The Eagles weren't able to capitalize, but all day long, the defense kept them in the game. That's improvement. That's what you wanted to see from Jonathan Gannon, after those last two weeks, after those 40-point performances, which were historically bad stretches in Eagles history in terms of defense and points allowed, he got back to what he did in Week 1 and Week 2 and was able to hold another offense to sub-20 points. And they only allowed three points in the second half, which is a very good number. They allowed five in the second quarter, pitched a shutout in the third, Allowed three in the fourth quarter. That's as good as a defensive performance as you can ask. And when your guys up front are getting as much pressure as they did, and according to next gen stats, which I tweeted out right before this show, every single Eagles rusher, the main four, Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, and Josh Schwett, finished above the league average for separation away from the quarterback at the time of throw. The league average was 4.52 yards away from the quarterback. The lowest today was Josh Schwett at 4.36. Then Javon Hargrave at 3.73. Fletcher Cox at 3.7. And Derek Barnett, 3.26. And Derek Barnett didn't get on the stat sheet, but he was doing things that needed to be done. They were getting pressure. And at the end of the day, I want to say that Brandon Staley, the coach of the Chargers, might have said it the best out of anyone that I've heard in the past couple years when it comes to talking about pressure. And how sacks will start to pile up, he said that when you look at long, long-term success, pressure rates, pass rush win rates, and QB hits are ultimately the statistics that you can look at for long-term success. Sacks will come in bunches, but they come at the hands of sustained pressure. The idea of sustained pressure. The Eagles have been bringing pressure all year long. Even though Fletcher Cox didn't register anything on the stat sheet last week, he was affecting the game plan. They did that today again. When you have Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, two of the top 10 interior defensive rushers in the NFL, and they are able to have three guys defending, the two of them, but whoever's in a one-on-one situation is most likely going to win. It is difficult for any offensive coordinator to game plan for that. And today, I thought Jonathan Gannon responded well, put Fletch in a better position. He finishes the day with two tackles, one solo tackle, one sack, one tackle for loss. Josh Sweat finishes four tackles, one solo, one sack one tackle for loss. You have Derek Barnett, who finished with three tackles, two solo, two quarterback hits. Javon Hargrave finished with three, one solo, one sack, one tackle for loss, two quarterback hits. Forgot about the two quarterback hits from Fletcher that I should have mentioned right there. And then you have Ryan Kerrigan, one tackle for loss, the only tackle of his Eagles career so far. And then Avante Maddox even got a hit on the quarterback. They were over Sam Darnold. All day long, and they did it from multiple different looks. Hats off to Coach Gannon and what he did this week because he got that defense ready to go. We heard the reports that Nick Sariani wasn't too thrilled with what Jonathan Gannon was doing the first couple or the last few weeks. uh, Pardon me. And today he came out there and was throwing out single high safety looks, he was rolling to double too high. From single high looks, he was allowing Darius Slay to cover the best man on the field, and he was allowing his defensive front to get upfield, which they did excellently well today. I don't even know if that is a correct term, excellently well, or if excellently is a word, but I'm going to describe it as that. As near a perfect performance from the defensive line as you could get. Darius Slay nearly pitched a shutout today. Steven Nelson came up when it mattered. So once this game started to turn around, it was at the hands of the defense. And I want to give all praise to that defense because there were a lot of naysayers the last few weeks, especially guys like Fletcher Cox who weren't performing at the rate that many had thought. Just relax. You're five games into the career of Jonathan Gannon as this defensive coordinator with as much talent as they have on that side of the ball they are going to continue to produce. And I think today was evident in what the ceiling is for this defensive front. And there were times that they missed some sacks. They could have finished with five or six sacks in this game, and it would not have shocked me. So defense ultimately wins this game. What was up with the offense? What did they do? What were they doing while this game was going on? So stick around, and we're going to discuss the offense, and then we have to talk about special teams as well because they, to many surprise, came up very, very big in this game, and we will do that on the other side of this. And if you were watching the game today, I hope you were doing it on – Direct TV stream. I know I do because I'm sitting there and I'm sure it sounds familiar to you. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, was watching the Eagles game, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. We were watching Red Zone. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. I got all my parents' logins just so I can watch as many games as possible. So I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites like never before so you could switch through them in the blink of an eye from sports, movies, and all your favorite shows. It's seamless. No it means no more juggling your remotes, no need to buy another device, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and get rid of the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com, compatible device our required contents vary by package. All right everyone, welcome on back to this edition, this post-game Victory Sunday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. Your first listen of every day and hopefully your favorite Eagles podcast that you turn into many times, hopefully five times per week. I'm Gino Camilleri. Once again, Lou is living it up in Charlotte, North Carolina where the Eagles just had one of the better comebacks in history, the first comeback for Jalen Hurts in his young NFL career, a game that was going awry for most of the game. And I tweeted at Lou, and if you've listened to me on this show, you knew I was at the 2015 Tampa Bay Buccaneers routing of the Philadelphia Eagles where Jameis Winston threw for five touchdowns. I had tweeted at Lou, I'm sorry that you have to experience your version of my 2015 Buccaneers game. But if you know, I'm cursed, I'm jinxed, I'm a jinx, I'm the biggest jinx in the world, I think. I'm going to hold that title until it proves me otherwise. I was critical all game of this offense, I was critical all game of this special teams unit, and I was critical all game of Steven Nelson. And what did all three of those individuals slash units do? They came back to bite. The Camillary jinx worked again. And I'm not mad if I'm on the wrong side of things. I have no problem owning up to it. Today, I own up. I apologize to Mike Clay. I thought he was just not doing a good job the first five weeks. He got his unit ready to go when it mattered, came up with an unbelievable punt block to put them in a situation to win that game. Steven Nelson played poorly for most of the game, comes up huge with the game ceiling interception. But when you play football, as great as it is to have a defense, you have to have more points than your opponent. When your defense, they did get turnovers, but they weren't bringing them to the end zone. That block punt, they could have scooped and scored. They fell on it. That's okay. The offense had to come up to play when it mattered. For most of the game, it was an abysmal game plan. Nick Sariani seemed to be going back seamlessly to what he did in week two and three where he was making things difficult on Jalen Hurts. Jalen didn't be – he wasn't seeming to see this field as well as he did Last week against Kansas City, it was punt after punt after punt, three and out after three and out after three and out. They couldn't get things going. Devontae Smith fumbles the ball. seems when everything was going awry, the sky was literally falling on this Eagles offense. The defense allowed them enough opportunities to come back and compete in this game. So when they needed points, they were able to go down the field when it mattered and did it. I think maybe the most indicative play of this game and as bad as Jalen Hurts might have been throughout three and a half to three and three quarters of this game winners find a way to win and Jalen Hurts just seems to find a way to win against Matt Rule who Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma led one of the more unbelievable college comebacks of all time where when Matt Rule was at Baylor the Oklahoma Sooners had an Fantastic comeback at the hands of Jalen Hurts, who today once again took down Matt Rule when it mattered. And it came at the hands of him scoring the last two touchdowns of the game. When the Eagles needed points, they were able to do it. So they blocked that punt, right? Take you through the sequence of events. Shotgun play, Miles Sanders gets a yard. Jalen Hurts... Six yards to Dallas Goddard. Then, incomplete short left to Dallas Goddard. They're in field goal range. They're in the red zone. They're right about to score. And what do they do? Something that they started to do in the fourth quarter. And we'll talk about the first three and whatever quarters throughout this week where they need to improve. But today, we have to focus on what happened when it mattered. They scored two touchdowns on the last two series that they needed. Two out of three, rather. Excuse me. The biggest play was Jalen Hurts pulling it, going to the left, and getting into the end zone. They were doing that throughout the game where they started to attack Carolina, who was getting upfield quickly at them. With Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick started to, to get a sack or two. And then they attacked them. They won on the offensive. They said, you know what? If you're going to blitz us, we're going to go at you. And simply what happened, that, I would say, won them the game. After that block punt, that won them the game. And then the next sequence, when they get an interception, Steven Elson turns the ball over. The Eagles have to get a first down. They do. They get multiple first downs, but Miles Sanders inexplicably steps out of bounds twice. So I think Greg Olson said it best. Carolina seemingly got five timeouts on that drive because they had all three of theirs, and then Miles steps out twice. So even when they thought that they couldn't finish this game out, it came at the hands of Jalen Hurts, who on that third and one run got that one yard for them. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't the biggest hole in the world, but Jalen Hurts said, you know what, I'm going to pick this yard up. I'm going to win the game here. And that's what I ultimately think matters the most in the NFL because wins aren't going to come pretty. Adversity wins like this one for a young coaching staff, for Nick Sariani, for Jalen Hurts, for Jonathan Gannon, for Mike Clay, is bigger than just a win in my opinion. Because if you look at what the Eagles did in the first year of Coach Peterson, right, they won three games in convincing fashion. And then the first time they face adversity in that Detroit game, they let things go awry. I thought the Dells game was just a bad game plan, in my opinion. The Niners game was close. Kansas City were out Today, I think it was an even matchup on all fronts. Things didn't go well for both of these sides. But the Eagles battled through adversity the best. You know what? The defense didn't give up. Jalen Hurts didn't give up. Nick Sirianni didn't give up. The wide receivers didn't give up. Quez Watkins, shout out. Unbelievable down-the-field reception, looking like a young Deshaun Jackson. Devontae Smith recovers from that bad fumble, and you know what? He finishes with seven seven catches. That's how you forget it. That's that dog mentality that Nick Sariani talks about. I was sitting there, and I'm thinking, what is Jalen Hurts thinking at this point in the game? When they needed two scores, they needed to go down the field twice to get a lead. What were they thinking? And Jalen Hurts, somebody who quote unquote lives under the Nick Saban philosophy and doesn't eat the rat poison, he hushed all that outside noise. And I'm sure in his head he was getting rattled. I mean, 96 yards through three quarters. That's not the best performance. Things weren't coming easy. He had that bad overthrow on the sideline to Zach Ertz for that interception. But in the end, on that those last couple drives, even after that one where they turn the ball over and it looks like things are done. The defense holds again, and the Eagles' offense lives to see another day. Almost the reverse of that 2018 game to a T. To a T, where they allowed Carolina to come back. They let them hang around, and a team with talent is going to do that. And why I continue to say I never got behind the narrative that the Eagles were going to be even in the bottom of the worst teams in the league, like the bottom five, for example, was because they have a lot of talent all around the ball. Their defensive front came to play. You had Darius Slay came up big. Rodney McLeod might be the best acquisition right now, allowing them to do so much on the defensive side of the ball. Anthony Harris stepped up big. Everybody stepped up big in this game when it mattered, and that's what the NFL is. If you go back to 2018... Eagles did everything right through three and a half quarters, exactly what Carolina did today, but they didn't get it done when it mattered. The Eagles did the opposite of that today. And for a young room, a young coaching staff, young personnel, this win, those guys should feel proud. I think they should feel proud of what they did today because after two back to back games where you didn't look great on defense, you had some miscues on offense, you really couldn't get it going. And then today seemed like you really hit rock bottom at some point, and with a 91.4% chance to lose that game, they almost did. But the thing is, about percentages, my Oregon Ducks, a couple weeks ago, had a 99.9% chance to beat Stanford and lost. The thing about percentages, all you need is a chip in a chair, as they say in poker. All you need is the opportunity to live to see another play. That dog mentality that Nick Sariani preaches. Forget the rest of the game. Forget all those drives where we really didn't do what we needed to do. That's in the past. The past can't hurt you. We have to go forward and win this game. And I think this will help them learn what it takes to win games in the NFL for a young group and also will make them understand that you have to get things going early because you can't rely on as dominant of a performance as the defense had today. You don't really know what it is yet. You could say that with these – sub 20 point performances that maybe 20 to 25 is where they lie. Okay. That's good. But the offense, they have to get going and get back to that form where they're putting up 25 to 30 points a game because Jalen hurts. If he does what he does today against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I guarantee you're not going to get a chance to win that game. But the great thing is it's not ifs and buts. It's what happened. The Eagles won the football game. 21 to 18 against the Carolina Panthers. I'm Gino Camilleri. We're going to finish up the show, talk about some more takeaways, and then lead you into the week as we will have a talk, a ton of talking points going into this Thursday night game against Tampa Bay. Boy, was that an alliteration. Too many T's for me. So I'll see you at the end of this show where we wrap up this post game edition, post game victory edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. But before we do that, I said before the show that I'll probably get this show out about an hour, hour or two after the game. And the main reason was, is I was starving. I could not eat during that game. I was on edge all game. So I made a nice breakfast pizza and I had one of my favorite delicious built bars and You guessed it. It was the cookie dough chunk. I ended up ordering more. And if you like any of their flavors, the nine delicious flavors that they have, the standard one I love the most is mint brownie. It's my favorite. I don't know why people rag on mint. It is superior. There's something for everybody. If you've never had them, if you want to try it out, get their mixed box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors and keep a lookout for those limited edition flavors of the most delicious. Essentially, you're eating a candy bar. It's 17 to 18 grams of protein, low in calories, low in carbs, low in sugar, guilt-free. I mean, you could realistically eat a box of them and not feel guilty, but I don't recommend it. I've done it before. Didn't feel the best simply because I was binge eating, but these things are so good. I'm telling you, go to builtbar.com today. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use that promo code LOCKED15 off at builtbar to get 15% off your order. All right everybody, welcome on back here to finish up this post-game edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. Gino Camilleri here taking you through this victory edition of the show. As Lou is literally living this victory firsthand, he was down in Charlotte. He delivered the Locked On Now post post-game from the stadium. Unbelievable clip. I hope you go check it out. He was ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. Although it wasn't pretty. In the end, they came out with a dub, and sometimes in this league and sometimes in this sport, that's all that matters. But let's break it down at some of the key points that really took them to where they were today. We'll start with the special teams since we haven't talked about them. Mike Clay, I was all over him during the game. I thought he did a terrible performance through nearly four and a half quarters of football. Guys were making strange decisions on when to field the ball in terms of kick return and punt return. He couldn't line up guys when it came to downfield blocking. There were just so many question marks that really drove me crazy. But today, he designs an unbelievable game on the inside where TJ Edwards is able to come through and block that punt. That turnover was huge. This Eagles team finished today with four turnovers of the football, even though they had two themselves, the interception from Jalen Rager and the fumble from Devontae Smith. The Eagles finished with four turnovers, plus two in the turnover battle. That is huge for a team that has not seen a plus in that category in quite some time because they weren't getting to the football. They weren't attacking it in the air. They were playing these soft off man coverage, off zone coverages, excuse me. And today they say, you know what, Darius Slake, go and defend their best guy. Boom, finishes with two interceptions. Avante Maddox had a game saving pass breakup that could have had the game at 17 to 3 on a Robbie Anderson throw where he had to fully extend to tip the ball out of the air. Hats off to him. Steven Nelson, when the game was on the line, got that game-clinching interception. The defense up front, those guys were able to hit home and get plus numbers in the sack column. They were able to hit Sam Darnold and make him see ghosts, as he said in the past. And I think he did that at multiple points. So winning that turnover battle puts you in good field position. What did they do in the red zone today? They didn't score in the first couple quarters. They had points taken off the board, but when it mattered, they did it twice. They scored two touchdowns to win this game when it mattered. Your quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who was not having his best performance in the NFL by any means, was averaging 3.1 yards per completion going into halftime. Not great, but you know what? let lets the offense settle in, hits that big bomb to Quez Watkins, they're able to settle in down in the red zone and they hit home when it mattered. The biggest play of the game, in my opinion, is that one yard run from Jalen hurts to seal it because one, it goes to show that he was a winner. He said, you know what? This game's on the line. I'm going to take it into my hands Two, It really, I would say kind of eases back this idea that the rum game didn't matter because They ran the ball fine towards the end of the game. Should they incorporate it early on? Yes, of course, but they did it when it mattered. Kenny Gainwell, finished the game well for them, is starting to look like a better situational runner right now than Miles Sanders. But they still got everybody involved in this game plan, even though at first seemed like they were falling back on their laurels, sitting on their hands, going back to what they failed at doing on offense, on defense. And then things started to turn around. And we'll touch on some of those negative points. I don't want this to be a negative show. We'll talk about that during the week. This is a victory. The Eagles come out on top 21-18 to over the Carolina Panthers. A reverse of the 2018 letdown game where the Eagles let the Panthers come back from a 15-point deficit to win that game curse is broken, hopefully, in Charlotte, North Carolina. The Eagles come out victorious today. They currently sit at second in the NFC East as the New Orleans Saints beat the Washington football team. Cowboys are currently taking on the New York Giants. So at the end of the day, the Philadelphia Eagles could sit in sole possession of second place in the NFC East. This team, they might get beat up for a while. They might get let down for a while. But you know what? That's that Philly mentality, that dog mentality. Hungry dogs run faster. At the end of the game, they were hungrier. They were grittier. They played better situational football. They had a quarterback that had that killer instinct and won them the football game. And that'll do it here on this post-game edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. Gino Camilleri, as always, your host of the show. Lou, we wish you safe travels coming back from Charlotte. I'm glad you got to enjoy that victory, my friend. And I'm glad everybody joins us here on your first listen of the day on the Locked On Eagles podcast each and every day. And for your second listen, make sure you go over to the Locked On Podcast Network and check out Peacock and Williamson where they will bring you expert analysis in under 30 minutes of all the NFL action. It's free and available on all platforms. Just like our Lockdown Eagles podcast, where you could find us, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Stitcher, SoundCloud. You can find us on YouTube. Lou is doing written work for Fox 43. We are in football season in full swing. The Eagles, they will be taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a short week at home. But today, we celebrate this victory where the Eagles came out on top 21 to 18. You can follow us at Birds on Twitter, at DBLCLOE for my co-host, for me, at GC24 underscore football. It was a great game when it was said and done. It wasn't always the best when we were looking at it, but at the end of the day, we still root for this team. We still love the birds. I'm Gino Camilleri. Fly, Eagles, fly.